At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Second hour, Hardwood Handicappers. You missed part, uh, any part of our first hour. You can go to vcin.com slash podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll find it up there. A great first hour. Doug Kazarian, ESPN, uh, Daily Wager was with us, and Raheem Palmer, uh, who does a lot of writing NBA, very good NBA analyst for the Action Networks with us as well. You can find both of those interviews and everything else we covered over on vcin.com slash podcast. Coming up 15 minutes from now, Patrick Everson, Props.com is going to be with us. Patrick, of course, finger on the pulse of everything sports betting. Um, we'll... We, uh, I entrusted him to go talk to I was like, that's a good one. He does this job fantastically. And we're going to get the, uh, the perspective of the books on everything that's happened up to this point uh, in the NBA, how these series prices have been bet, and now how oddsmakers, of course, handle the mess that is this Philadelphia-Miami series. We got the, uh, the news that Joel Embiid would not play, then all of a sudden it's only the first two games, and how uh, it was handled for the most part. All right, with that, recap of what we've seen so far up to this point. Again, the semifinal series are underway. The first two games of the series, uh, actually, I shouldn't put it that way. It sounds confusing. Game ones in both the Boston and uh, Milwaukee and Memphis Golden State games are in the books. We'll start with the Western Conference because it was the best game of the day. Golden State Warriors get a 116-115 to victory uh, over, excuse me, 117-116 victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. A very good performance from the Golden State Warriors to come back from this game, down 13 in the first half. They lose Draymond Green to an ejection. They do not cover, but ultimately got out a win, a little bit shorthanded against the upstart young Grizzlies, and that is after Klay Thompson in the last few seconds misses two free throws that would have put up the Warriors by three. Instead, they're only up by one and have to turn John John Morant away on a layup that was too strong at the gun to pull out a victory and take a 1-0 series lead here. So to recap this game, too, because in – what I liked about talking with Doug, and I, and this is it's always really important when you just going back over what transpired in these games, and you, you some sites you want to take a day or two, it takes a minute uh, to have some of the numbers to, to solidify in terms of efficiency, possessions, all these things. But as of this point right now, if you go up on cleaning the glass, and and for anybody who handicaps the NBA, I would highly recommend using Cleaning the Glass. It's one of the primary sites that I use to handicap the association. Fantastic breakdowns by Ben Falk. Uh, and the data that is available to you, it's a paid subscription, um, but it is worth it pretty cheap, and I would very much recommend it. But going up here and the way they break this down, looking at it from the perspective of the way this game was played, what I'm really interested in in this thing is from a totals perspective. I've kind of touched on this a couple of times now, but for game one, the market opened up 217 for Golden State and Memphis. Closed about 220 and a half, depending on where you shop. Now, since that game went well over the total, you see the adjustment here for game two, the opener for game two in terms of a total between the Warriors and Grizzlies. Uh, looking on the board right now, I've got about 227.5 on my screen 
226 and a half, 227 uh, in terms of the total opening here for game two. So again, our opener is now 10 points higher than the opening total of game one. So that's pretty intriguing, right? Like in terms of like, why was that adjustment made? First game went over by a minute, by a bunch. The market bet it over. So clearly there's going to be an adjustment. But what I find interesting about this is if you look at what transpired in this first game, wasn't a particularly fast game. I know a lot of people would look at this and go, well, it was 117-116, got to be quick, right? Not necessarily. Only 99 possessions for the Memphis Grizzlies. It was not the slowest game in the world, but it obviously wasn't a track meet up and down the floor. So I think you keep that in mind as you kind of look at this, and you're starting to see some resistance in the market as well for game two. What I mean by that is some spots open 227. Those spots are down to 226.5 right now. Uh, the loan book right now with 227 is the one we're sitting in right here, which would be Circus Sports. And uh, I would assume you can get a read on some of the sharper books, but assume that maybe that 227 is going to come off the board uh, if that's attacked here at Circa. And uh, like get down to 226.5. It just seems to me initially, given what we saw in this game, which was somewhat slow in terms of what you expect between these two, but relatively high efficiency, offensive rating of 117 for the Golden State Warriors, offensive rating of 116 for the Memphis Grizzlies, that you expect that even if you play this at about the same pace, efficiency might come down. Warriors are a pretty good defensive team as well. That maybe this is going to be a little bit lower scoring uh, than these first game uh, indicated, and while the market is overreacting to this. So keep that in mind as you look at this total with this game. And as far as the spread is concerned, you're seeing that ever so slight adjustment from game one to game two. Warriors close two and a half in game one. They don't cover. What's the open here? Minus two. And the, the Grizzlies are going to be a popular selection. There's a lot of betters who believe in the zigzag theory, betting on the team that didn't cover slash loss in the first game uh, to cover in that second game. Uh, Dave Tooley, I will bring up those numbers because Tooley's been keeping track of it. Uh, again, you can follow Tooley on Twitter, by the way, if you're in Vegas. Um, at last glance, don't quote me on this, we'll get the exact number, the uh, zigzag hasn't been the most profitable up to this point in the season. And it's always baked into these numbers, and you see the response in terms of the market all the time. But at first glance, first blush, uh, game two, playing that under that 227 would be the way to go for me when we're talking about Golden State and Memphis. Now, as far as Milwaukee and Boston is concerned, to go back to the early game from early from today, I'm really interested in, in, in what happened today and how we move forward in the series because Milwaukee, and Doug said it when we talked to him in the first hour, Doug Kazarian, the Bucks are good, man. Like, they're deep. They, they do have personnel to overcome potentially the loss of Chris Middleton. This isn't to say that I think they're going to go on to win this series and win it in five, but this is a team that is skilled defensively, has a lot of length. I mean, they're starting they're starting five. Look at the size that they have out there. It's Brooke Lopez. It's Bobby Portis. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's Drew Holiday and Wes Matthews. Like, that's a pretty decent starting five in terms of a size standpoint. And what they're able to do defensively in terms of the physicality, uh, the way that they – you give credit to Bud because they actually did make some adjustments. When you, when you go back to game two of the series against Chicago, that was a lackadaisical defensive effort where they're playing just soft drop coverage. Doesn't really matter. Even Giannis was dropping in some of these. They're allowing DeMar DeRozan to dribble into mid-range jumpers, which he's comfortable with, and they lost that game accordingly. But after that, you saw the adjustments. You saw them come up on those. You saw it in this game as well, that Brooke Lopez, a lot of the times, instead of dropping back at his usual distance, wouldn't drop as high. He would actually come up, or excuse me, wouldn't drop as low, would come up a little bit higher on some of those ball screens. They were a little bit more aggressive in that regard, and they were just physical. They almost gave the Celtics a taste of their own medicine in what they did to Kevin Durant in the Brooklyn Nets. It was just flipped around. I think it's kind of a shock to go from playing a team like Brooklyn, who is not the best defensive team in the NBA by any stretch, 
to then face a team that is physical like the Milwaukee Bucks, that has a help defender like Giannis Antetokounmpo who can fly in from the corner and block a shot or challenge a shot. And I also think, as we kind of, by the way, an offensive rating of 89 for the Boston Celtics today, not very good. But what I wonder about this series as we move forward, and everybody's kind of dinged up, but we saw Marcus Smart suffer a shoulder injury that was reported as a dislocated shoulder. I think it was uh, Tim Bontemps who initially said that the shoulder popped out of place potentially. Uh, You have Robert Williams, who is clutching, it seemed, at a majority of his body parts in that game as well. And we know that Time Lord was coming off of an injury too. And Jalen Brown has a hamstring issue. And today he has eight turnovers and is very ineffective from the floor. So I'm not pressing the, the button in terms of panic here for the Boston Celtics. But when you're discussing this series as you go forward, when we're talking about the first game closing five, the second game opening up four in favor of Boston, I do wonder that if maybe the market is just a little high on Boston. And I know that some people would think, well, four is not that much. Keep track of what's been going down in the postseason up to this point. For those who don't know, and I've mentioned this on the show a bunch of times, but for those uh, who haven't heard, in the regular season, home court was at an all-time low. We're talking about about one and a half points worth of value playing in your home floor. Generally, it is thought that it is worth three points. In the betting market this year in the postseason, it's very clear that the betting market has valued home court being worth three points. So you see a number like that on your screen, and it would initially tell you that, oh, okay, well, three points for home court. Well, then now we're just talking about the Celtics being one point better than the Milwaukee Bucks. But, again, it's a small sample size. It's, we're gonna, I'm going to keep track of this as we move forward. In the postseason up to this point, home court has still been worth just over a point, point and a half. So now if you factor that in and you look at a number of four and you realize that the betting market's not telling you if you're taking home court at value in terms of just being about a point and a half, the betting market's not telling you that the Celtics are just a point better than the Milwaukee Bucks. The betting market's telling you that they're actually about two and a half points better than the Milwaukee Bucks. And that might not be the case, as we kind of saw here today. So as we move forward here, I would just keep that in mind, that home court has not been worth as much this regular season, and that is panning out again in this postseason. And you saw it in that... In the last round, for example, higher-seeded teams on the road went 11-5 and against the spread in games three and four, right, on the road. It gives you a really good example of home court being overvalued. The lower-seeded teams, where they were playing at home, probably catching a fewer points than they probably should have, or in some instances laying a point, point and a half when they probably should not have. So that has transpired through the first round of the postseason, and as the sample size grows, we're still seeing that. I think you should keep that in mind when you look at numbers like that for the Boston Celtics taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. And, it, it has me gravitating toward, again, taking points with Milwaukee potentially. Yes, it's a bounce-back spot, and yes, the zigzag if you really like that sort of thing, but this might be a spread that should probably be more like two and a At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
a half or three as opposed to four. And it might seem not, not that might not seem like much to you, but in a postseason setting, uh, if you can get about a point and a half worth of value, it goes a long way, even in an NBA game. So I just I would keep that at the front of your brain as we move forward here in the postseason. But those two series is again. We do have the road teams taking 1-0 series leads in both of them. Milwaukee has a 1-0 series lead. Golden State has a 1-0 series lead. And the adjusted series price for both of those, the Boston Celtics, who were about $2 favorites, minus 210, are now plus 120 underdogs at multiple shops, including Circa, where I'm sitting right now. It's Milwaukee Bucks, who are a $1.40 favorite. And how about this? So when we were talking to Doug, I mentioned that the Warriors reopened as about a minus 450 favorite on the series price. We are now up to minus 500 on the Golden State Warriors to win this series over the Memphis Grizzlies. In one spot, again, the shop that I'm sitting at right here right now, Circa, as high as minus 550 on the Golden State Warriors to win that series over the Memphis Grizzlies. Pretty high price, so we'll keep that in mind. And the Golden State Warriors deserve a little bit more credit. Pretty good team with a lot of playoff experience. All right, let's talk a little bit from the uh, the other side of the counter. Patrick Everson, Props.com, is going to join us next year on Hardwood Handicap. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. This segment of Hardwood Handicappers is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit zen.com slash find, located store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Now, it is Harvard Handicappers, but we're, you know, we have other interests on this show, including if the Washington Nationals blow what was an 8 nothing lead, and I have a uh, under on the win total of the San Francisco Giants, won't be happy. You know, I, I would like to grab wins like this with a uh, terrible Washington Nationals team. But they got the bases loaded, top of the eighth with one out and two one count. So we'll see if they can get something done here and add to this what was once a dominant lead. Let's welcome in Patrick Everson, Props.com who are always talking to all the bookmakers and guys behind the counter about what's going on in every single sport. But we're an NBA show, so let's get some uh, thoughts on how these oddsmakers have been looking at the postseason up to this point. Patrick, appreciate the time, sir. Uh, so first off, let's start with the two games uh, that we had earlier today. Bucks go off as about a four-and-a-half-point underdog. They end up winning that game. Uh, the Golden State Warriors go off in the range of a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite. They do not cover but win that game. The game goes well over the total after it moved up. Uh, those first two games from a betting perspective, how were they handled? Well, they were handled well. There was plenty of interest, no question. And, and first off, John, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate a chance to drop in here on VSIN. Uh, I was talking with, going back and forth with Motoy Pearson, the, uh, one of the senior traders at WinBet. And he said on the first game, we'll just take him in order. In the first game, he said it was all action on the Celtics. He said they were hitting the money line and the point spread on Boston. He said nobody minded laying four and a half or five. So that, that certainly, at least on the spread and on the money line, for that matter, uh, was a good result behind the counter at WinBet. He did, however, note that the under was not a good – he said the under was not a good result, to put it bluntly. So they were uh, dialing for the over there uh, at, uh, at WinBet. And then on the game that just finished, what a great finish, hell of a game. Uh, he's, and we, you, I'm sure you saw this and discussed this already, but uh, uh, Motoy said the over was blasted on this game, and it, it went up significantly, and they over-cleared easily. So they definitely needed – this is a game where uh, op, the opposite, they needed the under and didn't get it. And he said nobody could resist betting the Warriors either. In fact, they were hit, much like the Celtics. They were hitting Warriors point spread and, and Warriors money line as well. And he said, we're, we're, you know, we were going to need the Grizzlies, especially with the parlays involved. 
So they kind of got there. They got there on the spread, but not on the money line. I think their preference would have been a, a Grizzlies outright win there. So if from uh, for both of those, do you, have you gotten a sense from from Matoy or anybody else uh, how the series were bet before those both started in terms of Boston, Milwaukee, and uh, Golden State, Memphis? Right. The uh, th- those two series, he said, from the looks of it, they're going to need the Grizzlies in the in the uh, in the Grizzlies Warriors series, and they're going to need the Bucks. So they got a split of you know a split in that direction today. Looking at Memphis and, and Milwaukee being the better outcomes. Based on early series, based on the early situation in their series markets for those two, hmm, kind of surprised. I figured the uh, the Grizzlies were kind of the uh, the public favorite, the uh, trendy team there. So, uh, sure. the Grizzlies there. All right, let's go to uh, the story of this round then, and that would be the big guy, and it's big news, figuratively and literally, <laughs> Joel Embiid. So we know it's been it's become a little bit clearer here, Patrick. Games one and two not making the trip for sure. He is out there. Uh, games three and four still up in the air. Has to clear concussion protocol has to find out whether or not the orbital fracture is serious enough to play with. And if he does, he'd get a mask, be able to play with it. Um, he did suffer, for those who don't know, he has suffered a fractured orbital before. It was two seasons ago, was forced to miss a couple of weeks right before the uh, start of the postseason, did come back. But there's degrees to this. So if, if it's not as serious, he can play through it. Uh, but th- this has been kind of weird, right? We initially thought he was going to be done for the series. Then it turns out he could come back. How did the guys over at Windbet and others that you have talked to have handled something like this where so somebody so impactful to a point spread and a series price, his status has kind of flip-flopped here over the last couple of days? Right. It's, it's kind of interesting. And, again, this is from uh, coming from Motoy Pearson at, uh, at, at Windbet. He said the Embiid injury would have been more massive if it weren't for all the injuries, my, you know, much more minor than the Embiid injury, but all the injuries the Heat have with Lowry, Butler, and Harrow. He said, with Embiid going down, we thought that should have been worth about five and a half, six points. That ended up being worth about three or four points because of the Heat uh, injury situation. So he said, we set up shop at eight and a half to the Heat, and he said they've been bet down to seven and a half. So it's actually come back toward, uh, toward Philadelphia for this game one on Monday. Um, and he said the market had a pretty big move on the series price. The win bet specifically went from minus 180 Miami to win the series to minus 370 uh, knowing that uh, that Embiid is out at least games one and two. Interesting. All right, and uh, and we've seen that. We were actually talking about that too uh, in terms of the market. I thought the market overreacted just a little bit for game one uh, and was in on uh, buying that back down to that seven and a half if you can grab eight, and we'll see where the market ends up closing by that time because the, uh, the injuries to Lowry, P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, uh, although Butler's going to play, all very important there. All right, another yeah. series to get your thoughts on, Patrick. Dallas and Phoenix. So BetMGM has reported that from a series price perspective, uh, their biggest liability is on the Suns to win the series. Is that the same over at WinBet? Uh, yes, it is, actually. Okay. Otoy said out of the West, he said the Suns would not be, uh, there's, uh, you know, they're, they're no, there's almost no ideal outcome uh, out of this. They would like to, you know, in the series itself, uh, he said we would love to steer away from the Suns and the cell, well, and honestly, the series and beyond, they'd like to steer away from the Suns. So we'll, you know, we'll have to see how that rolls out tomorrow with Game One going tomorrow. But uh, uh, series and/or conference and/or futures, they've got uh, uh, some tough outs here on their side of the counter, which would be good for the betters. Obviously, we're rooting for the betters. But uh, Suns, Celtics, and and Grizzlies are issues with the championship odds, the championship futures. And he said, in fact, Phoenix is our biggest liability. And one thing they pointed out, and I think it's worth pointing out here is the, uh, you know, the rapid expansion of legal regulated sports betting. Arizona bettors are just, you know, just been hammering the Suns. 
literally half of every dollar of all the dollars bet in the Arizona market in the NBA championship futures market are on Phoenix. So, um, and then he said out of the West, just narrowing it down to the conference, which kind of in a sense narrows down to the series as well. Some of these needs, the Suns, Grizzlies, and Warriors would not be ideal among the th- among the four teams remaining. So they're Mavs fans out of the West and out of the East. Uh, they are looking to avoid the Celtics and the Heat. They would prefer to see uh, the Sixers or the Bucks. As I noted earlier, the Bucks were uh, were a good outcome in this series too. Well, I would very much actually love a Celtics Heat Eastern Conference Finals. As, as someone who has futures tickets on both of them to win the finals, it would be there a ideal go. outcome. Uh, so really quickly, I, I think that's fascinating. Repeat that for me one more time. Half of every dollar wagered in the futures market for them. Go go through that one more time. Okay, so this is strictly just, just kind of pointing out yeah. the the regional biases that exist with this rapid expansion. You know, with more than half the country now able to legally sports bet in Arizona at WinBet Arizona, fifty percent of all money on championship futures is on the Sun. So. The other 50% is probably divided up. You know, I'm sure that, you know, the Warriors have probably got a significant chunk of that and, 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 and the Bucks too. But, uh, but 50% of it is on Arizona, is on, is on the Sun. So they're very popular in their home market. One of the reasons, one of the key reasons why Phoenix for win bet in all its jurisdictions, Arizona and, and, and elsewhere where they operate, is their biggest liability in championship futures. Well, I'm sure they were kind of uh, looking at that and holding their breath when they were tied 2-2 with New Orleans in that first round, huh? Absolutely. They were probably thinking this would be fantastic. Um, and, and, and then Phoenix gets through. So we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see if that uh, keeps up for Phoenix in, in this next round. But yeah, they were probably thrilled to see that at 2-2. And I think a lot of people expected New Orleans to win game six. And, yep. and it was a great game. But uh, obviously Phoenix got through. All right, Patrick Everson, again, uh, reports over at props.com. Uh, before I get you out of here, Patrick, anything else uh, in your reporting that you want to leave with the audience? You, uh, I could hit you with just kind of where things stand on the game ones tomorrow. For sure. Uh, at WinBet, where we're at right now. So at WinBet on the spread, you've got the uh, the Heat open minus four. Obviously, it's you know seven and a half now. As high as eight and a half. Pretty two way action. Fifty three, fifty five percent of tickets, sixty percent of money on the Heat, and then uh, uh, and then the uh, Maverick Suns game one. Uh, Suns open minus five and a half. I think that's. Uh, I think that maybe. Uh, uh, down a tick, or, or up a tick, rather. But uh, uh, Suns, 55% of tickets, 52% of handles. So two-way action on both of these. But what I am noticing, though, Jonathan, is the uh, – I just got an update from uh, – um, I'm sorry, from BetMGM, just mm-hmm. a little bit before you came on – before I came on your show. And it seems like the money line on the favorites tomorrow, even though you're laying a premium there, 375, 350, 375 on the Heat, two and a quarter on the Suns, Betters are taking that money line like uh, by a mu- much more of a percentage than they're taking the spread. They're kind of eschewing the spread and, and laying the heavy juice on the money line early anyway. This is probably a small pot, but of that pot, significant amount of tickets and money on the favorites tomorrow. Not a wild surprise given the Heat and 76ers situation, but uh, I am somewhat surprised by the overwhelming support for Phoenix, although I do like that team. Patrick Everson, Props.com. Patrick, uh, we're up against it, but thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it. You bet. Have a great week. Yep. Patrick Everson, a uh, absolute professional, does a fantastic job. You can check out props.com and follow his work up there and also up on Twitter at Patrick underscore Everson. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we got plenty left to get to. Actually, no, sorry, Patrick E underscore Vegas. I apologize. want to get that out there. Patrick Everson does a great job following Patrick E Vegas up on Twitter. Patrick E underscore Vegas. All right, uh, let's come back. When we come back, want to dive into that Philly and Miami game one. Uh, I mentioned kind of looking at the total of the side. I'm going to break down exactly why. 
how this matchup really works for Philly if they're going to go in a certain direction and why everybody loves Phoenix so much. Apparently, uh, Draymond Green just posted this up on Twitter. Uh, Draymond Green, for those who don't know, has a podcast. Um, he is recording his latest episode right now. So I wonder what he's going to talk about as the Warriors I got a one-point win over the Memphis Grizzlies, and uh, he was ejected in that game at a flagrant two. So um, I've never listened to an episode of Draymond Green's podcast, but he might get me for like 20 minutes and check that out. Maybe. As he... Uh, Put succinctly on Twitter the other day, been ejected for less. Well, he got ejected for less today. Uh, okay, very big update here. Uh, much to the chagrin of uh, when Brian Ortega works in the back, the perfect game for Max Scherzer has been broken up by Chubby Kyle Schwarber. They got knocked out. Solo shot, so uh, it is a uh, 1-0 lead there for the uh, Philadelphia Phillies over the New York Mets. Thought we were getting a perfect game today, huh? <laughs> Ultimately not going to happen. Um, but it's a, it's a basketball show, so let's talk basketball. Uh, Philly and Miami. Let's talk about this from a game perspective. So we, we touched on it a little from a series perspective. It, it, it's hard to kind of look at this series as a whole, just given the fact that we don't know if Joel Embiid's going to be back for games three and four. He could come back. The old cliche, series doesn't start until the road team wins. So theoretically, even if you lose the first two games, you'd be in a pretty decent situation if you can hold serve at home with Joel Embiid back on the floor. Um, let's talk about game one. So for those who don't know, I'll take you through the journey. The first game, when this game gets first posted, Miami opens up as a four-point favorite, total of 210.5. Joel Embiid is ruled out. This number goes from four to eight. Total goes from 210.5 down to 208.5. I think it's a little strong for both moves. You look at the injury report first off for Miami. Kyle Lowry's not going to play. And then you ask the question, is the adjustment warranted without Embiid on the floor? So the market is dictated, as we talked with Patrick Everson there, and he noted, as the oddsmaker said over at WinBet, uh, Embiid, Worth four points. Go from four to eight. Simple math. But there has been some buyback. There's still a couple of eights out there, and I would agree with that. And personally, I'm going to grab eight as soon as they get out of here. That's the thing. You don't have it on the – you want to have as many apps as possible. The two shops out here in Las Vegas that have the eight, I don't have money in the app, so i got to go down there. Regardless, I'm going to be here in on, Phil, on Philadelphia catching eight points because here's a question for you. Is this version of Philadelphia worse – than the Atlanta Hawks, because remember in game one, the Atlanta Hawks were actually a six and a half point underdog against the Miami Heat. And I would say that's not the case. And remember in game one as well, that the Miami Heat were at full strength. So what the market is telling us right now is that Miami, without Kyle Lowry, is actually, or yeah, without Kyle Lowry, laying more points here against Philadelphia without Joel Embiid, laying more points than they did against Atlanta in game one. In fact, a full point more. So is Philadelphia in its current iteration a point worse than the Atlanta Hawks? And I would say no. I don't think that is the case. So just from that initial observation, I think there is going to be some line value here. And the absence of Lowry does mean something here for the Philadelphia 76ers. In game four, Miami started Gabe Vincent, Max Struess in the backcourt. Game five, when both Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler didn't play, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Victor Oladipo uh, were out there on the floor for the Miami Heat. Vincent and Struess are going to be worked much harder in this matchup. The 76ers and James Harden are going to mismatch Hunt a little bit harder here in this series than I think Trey Young did. And I was surprised by not the lack of it, but there was not as much hunting, or at least the attempt to hunt, 
some of the mismatches or perceived mismatches that was potentially out there. And Trey Young does that a lot. Wasn't really the case. And, and Miami, to their credit, did not allow that to happen. But that's going to happen a lot more in a matchup like this. So you have that. Vincent and Struess probably going to get worked much harder than they were in the series at Atlanta. Especially, too, uh, there is much more secondary shot creation with this roster, i.e. Tyrese Maxey, than Trey Young had in that series against the Heat because while the secondary, secondary players are good, you're not going to give the ball to DeAndre Hunter and ask him to create offense. You're not going to give the ball to Bogdan Bogdanovich and ask him to create offense. They can to a certain extent, but a Tyrese Maxey is just a fast break in his own right. He can also create on his own if he's given the ball in a set and say, hey, one-on-one, go make something happen. We know that James Harden has the capability of doing that too. And then you look at the way that these teams play. And Raheem Palmer, who was with us in the first hour, alluded to this. Miami is a team that has been willing to give up three-pointers this season. They finished 30th in both opponent three-point frequency. Opponents took 41.9% of their attempts from beyond the arc of the regular season. And open three-point attempts, they were 30th as well. Open three-point attempts by the tracking data is defender four to six feet away from the shooter. Those are open three-point attempts. The Miami Heat allowed the most of those in the regular season. Philadelphia, the key here is that they transitioned to kind of those hardened teams that were at the end of the tenure for Houston, where it was just, let's play with five, four guys who can shoot the ball, and let's just shoot. And let's take a lot of three-point attempts. And they can shoot relatively well. Maxie's a 43% shooter. Niang is a 41% shooter. Tobias Harris, 37%. Danny Green, 38%. These are all regular season numbers. They have the pieces to, I think, take advantage of something like this. The question is, are they going to ratchet up the frequency? Because the Philadelphia 76ers ranked 23rd in three-point frequency in the regular season, and it only bumped up ever so slightly with Harden when he got to the team from 34% for the regular season to 36.5% uh, from the game that Harden first started for Philly on to the end of the regular season. So when you're looking at all of this, at least for me, putting this all together, you're looking at the 76ers catching eight. I'm going to play them there. And then you look at the total as well. And this is where I think it becomes pretty interesting because Joel Embiid is a 30-point, 30-and-10 guy waiting to happen. He's the league's leading scorer, won the scoring title. But, he, in, but he's also a tremendous defender. I mean, we went through the numbers at the beginning of the show. For those who don't remember, on the floor, the Philadelphia 76ers give up 109 points per 100 possessions when Joel Embiid's on the floor. When he's off the floor, that defensive rating is 113.2. When you look at the other guys who could play center in this series, when DeAndre Jordan's playing center, they give up 119.6 points per 100 possessions. When Paul Millsap's playing center, they give up 129.1 points per 100 possessions. The center rotation behind Embiid is kind of a problem. It's why, when you looked at the, that, that series against the Toronto Raptors, uh, why, you got, why you got Paul Reed, and I would say so much because Embiid played a lot of minutes there, but that's why you got Paul, Paul Reed taking primary backup center minutes but now, Paul Reed's probably going to be the starting center, which means you've got to work in some of these other guys behind him. So those, I can't believe I'm saying this, those non-Paul Reed minutes are going to be kind of a big deal there for the, for, the, uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers defensively. And on the other end, you get the Miami Heat without one of their better on-ball defenders in Kyle Lowry. So while there is a big scoring uh, load that is gone in Joel Embiid, it's also a really good defender that's not on the floor. So for me to, to, to take this total and drop it two points, you get it to an extent because Embiid is not out there because of his scoring. But you could easily see, when I'm kind of putting that out in terms of the three-point shooting and the game plan for the Philadelphia 76ers, 
you could see that scoring being divvied up amongst a team that is probably going to shoot more three-pointers in this in this game and in this series against the Miami Heat that has the ability to hit those three-point shots if they ratchet up the attempts. We're going to be much worse defensively on their end, and the Miami Heat are going to have one of their better on-ball defenders that won't be out there. And they, too, have the ability to take advantage of that defense as well, get into the rim and take advantage of poor center minutes for Philadelphia. Kind of leads me to think that this game's actually going to be a higher-scoring game than 208 and a half. I mean, that's an archaic total. It's, it's a really low total. So, for sure, sidewise, Philadelphia plus eight. From a total perspective, and we're starting to see this, by the way, kind of tick up a little bit. On the screen right now, there's a couple of 209s out there. 208.5 is a predominant consensus number, uh, but there are two 209s, and I would expect that you kind of start to see that slow climb by the time we get to uh, get closer to tip-off tomorrow. But over the total, I'll probably end up there as well. Uh, but the Philadelphia 76ers catching eight. I just think we're kind of we're swinging this a little too far in the other direction. And keep in mind, outside of Lowry, P.J. Tucker has been banged up. And we know about Jimmy Butler while he did practice yesterday and he said he's going to play and he is more than likely going to play. He has been beat up in his own right and it's not like the perfectly healthy Miami Heat team. We also have tomorrow, and we're going to have more on this on the other side, but just to set the table for whether the number is at, where it's gone, Phoenix Suns, game one against the Dallas Mavericks in their Western Conference semifinal series. Suns open up six with a total of 212.5. As mentioned with the series price, about $3 across the board. There's a couple of shops that are flashing 290 or 285. Uh, 285 would be here at Circa, where we're broadcasting from right now. Um, but I think those sixes are going to start to disappear, and in some spots they have. Uh, Westgate's down to five and a half. Other spots down to five and a half, but MGM being one of them. But if you look at this, I think from the perspective of, I always use the D word, value, but just from the perception here, as much as I like this Suns team, and I have a ticket on them to win the NBA Finals at 7-1, to one, I do think that the market is kind of missing how much better this Mavericks team is. And we have evidence of that in, in terms of the market not really taking Dallas seriously. Just look at this last series against Utah. They, they covered the last five games for a reason in that series because the betting market was oddly high on Utah, or you can call it oddly down on the Dallas Mavericks. In the games without Luka, you can kind of understand it to a certain extent, although they were catching eight and a half in one of those games without Doncic. But even in the first two games back with Doncic, the market was kind of, Oddly, oddly low on them, and then it overcorrected itself, and of course it made them about a two and a half point favorite at one point in that final closeout game against the Utah Jazz. So I, w- I want to get into this from a matchup perspective because the matchups are fascinating. There, this Mavericks team has been one of the best teams in the NBA since the start of the calendar year. I think that's kind of lost on some, and I just there is something to be said as a guy who really likes data and numbers and analysis and matchups. There was something to be said about a dude in Luka Doncic who's just an absolute killer, man. We'll talk about that more when we come back. Don't worry, everybody. The Nationals got it done. Yeah, that's right. Sweating out win totals in the month of May. Hey, VEASAN Spring Specials here. For only $59, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. Subscribers are going to have access to all of it. Adam Burke has daily MLB best bets. Andy McNeil break down all the action on the ice through the Stanley Cup playoffs. His first-round previews up right now. Uh, Road one of Andy's plays in on the Boston Bruins to win that series. So check out all the information. You can find it up there at VEASAN.com. Jonathan Montolvo, that's me. We'll have the best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf. UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and the Kentucky Derby betting guide. Can't decide which I dislike more, USFL or the Kentucky Derby. No, we love the Kentucky Derby. 
If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of PointsWood Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com. Yeah, I, uh, I was teasing the, uh, the gents in the back who, for some reason, our production crew has taken it upon themselves to just crank out push-ups like, throughout the entire shift. So you go back there and you just hear like, one, two, three. Uh, and in between those grunts and push-ups, uh, there is a love coming from there about the Kentucky Derby. And I was giving them a hard time about that. But I will say this. If you're sitting through these USFL games, talk to somebody. Go touch a little bit of grass. Because that's, uh, that's, psycho- that's some psychotic behavior. Dave Tooley, I don't mean anything by that. All right. Let's wrap up uh, our uh, latest edition of Hardwood Handicap. If you've missed out any part of our conversations with any of our great guests, vcin.com slash podcasts. Um, this Phoenix series. So for those who were with us earlier, uh, noted that BetMGM has reported that uh, largest liability from the series, uh, the series prices in this second round, these semifinal matchups in the conferences, it is Phoenix who has the largest liability for BetMGM. We talked with Patrick Everson, who reported a, a similar stance over at WinBet2. So the Phoenix Suns, a, a sexy and popular selection despite flirting with danger in the first round against the New Orleans Pelicans. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And while I like this Suns team a lot, and I have a futures ticket on them, and I have a, I have a conference ticket on the Dallas Mavericks, so I'm uh, fine with whatever happens in this series for the most part. I'm just really surprised about the overwhelming support for the Phoenix. And I get it. They are favored. They are the top overall seed. Uh, as Doug said when we talked with him earlier, um, when you're making predictions like I brought up, and, and it's by no means to make fun of the good folks at ESPN, I just found it surprising that they polled 20 writers and all 20 of them selected the Phoenix Suns to win this series in some form or fashion. Uh, 19, uh, 19 of 19. I don't know why they didn't have a 20. But 19 of 19 selected the Miami Heat for what it's worth. But I'm just surprised that there's not really any outlier. There's not one rider who thinks Dallas can win this series. Uh, there's this overwhelming support of the windows for this uh, Phoenix Suns team to win this series. In terms of the betting splits for tomorrow, I'm sure you'll see a little bit of a lopsided action in terms of um, tickets in favor of the Phoenix Suns. I know a lot of people like the betting splits. And while I do believe, like if you were to ask me right now, who wins this series, probably see Phoenix. They deserve to be favored, and the most probable outcome is that they win this series. I'm just surprised by the degree by which this is happening. And you look at this from the matchup standpoint, and, and throw away, I think I mentioned this in the first hour, if you're looking back at the regular season, I'll save you time. Don't do it. Uh, the Suns won all three games, but they were one and two straight up. Also, two of them took place in November. Doncic only played in one of those games, so there's not really much to glean from the previous results. But go over the course of the last 47 games. Over the last 47 games of the regular season, 
The Dallas Mavericks are the fourth best team in the NBA by net rating. Be fair. You know who's second? The Phoenix Suns. The Dallas Mavericks are sixth in defensive efficiency over that stretch. They're eighth in offensive efficiency. Since the start of the calendar year, those 47 games, that's that data, that, that data point, the, the Mavericks have become one of the better teams in the NBA. And while you say, well, it's kind of an arbitrary point, why would you start? That's when they started to get healthy. When Doncic got back in the lineup full-time, when the COVID issues that that team was dealing with kind of subsided and went away, you started to see the Dallas Mavericks for what they really were. And, as I mentioned, the market was really down on them in that series against the Jazz. So you're kind of getting that carrying over here to the series with Phoenix. And if you look at this, I think where you start is Dallas defensively against Phoenix's offense. And I'm, that's the matchup I'm, I'm really excited to watch because Dallas plays, Dallas plays an analytically sound brand of defense. When you're talking about limiting shots at the rim, opponents only shoot or take 32% of their attempts within four feet of the basket. They run opponents off the three-point line. Opponents only shoot uh, take 34%, 34.7% to be exact, of their attempts from the three-point line against Dallas. It's about cutting off the rim. It's about running you off the three-point line and forcing you to take mid-range shots in the most inefficient area of the floor. Problem for this Dallas team that allowed opponents to take 33.2% of their attempts from mid-range. You're taking on the Suns, who led the league in mid-range frequency. They took 41.7% of their attempts from the mid-range area of the floor. They led the league in mid-range shooting. They shot 48% on those attempts. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker are downright elite mid-range scorers. Chris Paul took 69% of his attempts from mid-range. Devin Booker, 53%. And they are elite in terms of their shooting as well. So from a defensive game plan standpoint, over the course of a large sample size of games, 47, against a team like the Utah Jazz, who really want to take a lot of three-point shots, that sort of defense is really going to work. But against the Phoenix Suns, who have two elite mid-range scorers and who want to work that area of the floor, you wonder how well that works against the Phoenix Suns. And how they, how they divvy up Dallas, the defensive assignments. Really interested to see this. You would think Reggie Bullock and Mikhail Bridges, potentially. Bridges, not exactly a guy who can score in isolation, really good off the ball, three-point shooting, cutting, all those things. But you don't need to really worry about him getting the ball, burning guys off the bounce, all of that. Dorian Finney-Smith on the most elite and electric scorer. That would be Devin Booker. Doncic taking on Crowder, because, again, Crowder's just going to kind of camp and shoot. Brunson on Chris Paul. You don't really have a size mismatch there, so you can feel comfortable there. And then you ask yourself, too, though, as you look at this matchup in terms of Dallas defensively taking on Phoenix's offense, how healthy is Devin Booker? If you look at the game against New Orleans in game six, he was 5 of 12 from the floor. He was 1 of 6 from three-point range. And, you know, you have extra time, and Monty Williams is likely going to stagger Devin Booker and Chris Paul, because those bench minutes are pretty bad for Phoenix at times. We saw that in the New Orleans series. But is that hamstring fully healthy here? And then on the flip side, when you look at Dallas offensively taking on the Phoenix Suns, this is going to be fascinating because you have one of the best defensive players in the NBA, Mikhail Bridges, matching up with Luka Doncic, arguably one of the best offensive players and just all-around players in the NBA. And Doncic is a master, a whiz at mismatch hunting. He's going to go after Ayton. He's going to go after Booker. He's going to go after Paul because he's got a massive size advantage over him. It's going to lead to some pretty good offensive possessions for the Mavericks. The Mavericks want to take three-point shots. They don't care about getting within four feet of the basket. They're going to work from the perimeter. I'm just so interested in how this matchup plays out. And I just think the gap between these two is a little bit smaller than the market is dictating at this point right now. Just like in that first series where the market kind of had it flipped. 
and thought that Utah was going to run away with it with no Doncic and that there was a wide gap between those two. And even when Doncic came back, there was still the gap between them. And there was, but it was the other way as opposed to where the market had it. And I just think when you look at a series price of minus 300, a first game of minus six in favor of the Phoenix Suns, the Suns are really good and they deserve a ton of respect. I just think the Dallas Mavericks are really good too. And I don't know if the betting market is really caught up with how good this Mavericks team has become over the course of the last 47 games of the regular season and into this postseason. And as I mentioned, kind of coming into this break, all the numbers in the world can't really account for the fact that Luka Doncic is kind of a one-man wrecking machine when it comes to postseason play. The Los Angeles Clippers had to do everything in their power each of the last two playoff series to get rid of this guy. It took a Kawhi, it took Kawhi Leonard. Go back and look at Kawhi Leonard in game six of that series last year. It took the best postseason game from Kawhi Leonard in his career to get that game, bring it back to a game seven, and eventually oust the Dallas Mavericks because Luka Doncic was incredible, and he has been incredible in these postseason settings, and I think that has to be accounted for as well when you're talking about a postseason series price and how well this has gone, or excuse me, and where you're pricing these two teams in terms of the gap between them. So, again... I have futures in both of these. I've got the Mavericks at 14-1 to to win the Western Conference. I've got the Suns at 7-1 to to win the NBA Finals. I feel no pressing need to get involved at this point right now. Um, but I will say, I, I just think from a price standpoint, if I had nothing here, I, I would be on the side of the Dallas Mavericks. And that doesn't stop me from betting on them in Game 1 either, which is probably the side uh, I will be on as well. I want to see what the market does, though, because, again, those sixes are still floating around. Five and a halfs are out there, too. But let's see as we get closer to tip-off what, does with that, what, it do, uh, what they do with that number. Also, a quick note here as we're talking about the Suns, wrap it up here in the last 60 seconds. So I don't know if anybody saw this, kind of fell by the wayside. The Phoenix Suns were actually fined $25,000 the other day for failing to disclose Devin Booker's injury status during the first round win, like over the New Orleans Pelicans. And this is an interesting uh, little blurb from this in terms of citing the relationship from sports betting. Since announcing DraftKings and FanDuel as their co-official sports betting partners in November 2021, the league has placed a greater priority on teams following the injury report protocol as player status information is paramount to the integrity of wagers being placed on the games. So they find them $25,000. I feel like that's a drop of the bucket. So I guess the intent is there. Good job, NBA. Uh, but let's ratchet up the punishment so we get some clearer pictures on these injuries. Not that I took two and a half with New Orleans in that game, thinking that Devin Booker wasn't going to play, and he ended up playing, and I got burned. Run line coming up next year on VSIN. We'll see you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.